1: Here in America, we live as free men and women. It makes it hard to really grasp the understanding of what it means to be set free from slavery. We'll help you with that out of Romans, coming up next. The language of the New Testament is replete with this idea of being a slave to sin and being set free, being liberated from this. But for you and I, as believers in America, we live a free life anyway. So to really grasp the concept of being slaves to sin and then being set free can be foreign to us. The Apostle Paul in Romans 6 helps us understand all of that. That's where we catch up with Pastor Phil Howard on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Slavery to sin has ended for the rescued. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast.
2: For sin shall not be your master. Why? Not only have you died with Christ, because you are not under law, but under grace. Hmm, what is that? Look at verse 15. He picks up the argument. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Now, get the distinction here between law and grace. Daniel Webster used to say, if I tell you to do something and there's no penalty for disobedience, I just gave you advice. I didn't give you a law. Because law always brings penalty." To be under law before God is you will be penalized if you break it. Under grace, God says, This is not a system of penalty. I won't change you with penalty. Penalty has already been covered for you at the cross. 8 1 I didn't save you to condemn you, I did not save you to put you under condemnation. So get that in your head, church people religious people, religious Jews cut it out no rules in the Christian life by which you get penalized no divine penalty he, you're in a household there might be discipline but it's nothing like judgment since you don't get it and this is what he's going to say he's going to give us two illustrations verse 19 he tells you why he uses the illustration of slavery watch this I put this in human terms because you are weak in your understanding in essence. You don't comprehend what I'm saying. So let me use a weak illustration. Let's use slavery. Okay? And so he sets it up this way. Here's sin as a master. Here is Jesus Christ as master. And he says, you are the slave to whoever you put yourself at their disposal. And if over here you say, I'm at your disposal to carry out any of your desires, any of the works of the flesh, you can count on me. I am available. He's going to tell Said, let me tell you what happened when you did that. And we all did it before we were believers. But now the same way your body was available for sin... I want it to be available to Christ. Is that asking too much? Okay, watch. Watch what he's going to say. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey. Whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form, the type of teaching to which you were entrusted. We gave you a gospel that not only deals with your sins, but tells you there's power in the new life to deal with indwelling sin. That you no longer have to be run run by it, dictated by it. It's uh it's like you never had a will in the old life. You were just mastered by sin. You were like the uh uh it's like the great illustration, do you have free will? Yeah, you got a free will if you call it free. But but see you got a nature. You you sin because you like sin. Sin feels good when you're a sinner. But it's like this as a lion you kept eating meat and as a sheep you ought to be eating grass and if we throw filet mignon out to sheep they just don't eat it why don't they they choose in keeping with their nature they have no appetite for meat right you're a quiet bunch Say, you know I I set my clock too you can wake up a little bit uh The lion can starve to death with a bale of hay in front of it. See, you choose in keeping with your nature. I heard R.C. Sproul say one time, oh, it's not we don't believe you don't have a will. You've got a will. You just don't want what God wants. Get over it, God. I just don't want what you want because I'm acting out of my sin nature. It's in my nature to choose those things, feel that way. But now that you're in Christ, you're freed. And and he's given you a divine nature. He's regenerated you by his spirit. So he's saying, uh, just as you kept offering your body as an instrument of sin, why don't you start doing the same thing to God? I mean... uh, and what do we beg for all the time? You know, we beg for workers in the church. We need Sunday school teachers. We need this. We need that. And, and that that's okay. But, you know, here's the thing that ought to be. Uh, the word, present your body here, it's a Greek word that means put yourself at God's disposal. Put yourself at another's disposal. Let me ask you this. Is your body at God's disposal? That's why Romans 12, I beg you present God to God your body. I I beg you, God wants a body to work through, and so does sin. But I saved you to get you out of the sin camp. All right, let's keep following the illustration. Uh, Verse 20, just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to what? Impurity ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness, leading to holiness, set-apartness for God. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin, you've been set free from sin, You've been set free from sin. He said it back to verse 7. You've been freed from sin. That is our gospel. Not just He forgave me my sins, forgave me my lying, forgave me my cheating, forgave all the stupid sins I did that were bringing death in all my relationships. Hey, now you're saved. stay miserable because there's no power to live it. It's a life of defeat. You can't overcome sin because you know that's the way God made me no, no he crucified the way you landed he had to crucify his son to get you out of Adam he had to crucify his son to get you free from the law but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life and this, this isn't talking about eternal life in the future, it's the quality of life that is God's right now watch, for the wages of sin of the sin principle it always pays in death sin <coughs> uh, all you want but get ready to pay it always pays in ashes it pays in death that's, that's what kills us about watching our young people picked off by sin Because sin always polishes its apples. It always looks good. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. If you will put your body and your members at the disposal of this risen Christ, uh, you will experience eternal life as a way of life, divine life, not death. It'll be living relationships. It'll be joy. It'll be peace. It'll be the life of God will be experienced by you while you're on the earth. And so the Christian life, we used to sing a song uh, years ago. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. When I grew up, we learned so many songs. They were happy songs. We used to sing in this church, uh, John says, Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Uh, Wow, glory fill my soul. It's the best thing going, better than any party you ever went to. You look back at some of those parties and, oh, we blasted our minds. You sure did. And you didn't have much to blast. (laughs) But, oh, we had a blast. What, what, What did you come home with? How many wounds? Oh, we always have a fight. Yeah, isn't it just wonderful? You come over here. It's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace and joy in God. Almost sounds boring, doesn't it? Until you've lived a life of hell. And sin. And bondage. And brokenness. And death. It's the greatest thing God ever offered us sinners. Life in Christ. Freedom. Freedom. Now, he's going to go into another illustration about this whole thing. We're not under law, but under grace. Now he goes and starts talking about marriage. Look at this. Marriage, widowhood, remarriage. Do you not know, brothers, for I'm speaking to men who know the law, so he's certainly got his Jewish audience in mind, that the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives. It, it, the, the corpse isn't bothered by the speed limit. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Going to the law of Moses, Torah. So then, if she marries another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. Okay. What are we talking about here? Here's the illustration. He gives the illustration. In verse 4 through 6, he's going to apply it to the Christian life. What's the picture? I'm married to a man. Good or bad. He may be a good man, a bad man. Most likely he's a bad man because he's likening him to the law. That, in a way, the law is good and righteous but it made me miserable. It was a miserable marriage. Because the law always reminded me. I didn't measure up. I remember counseling a woman. In this church years ago. That was married to a perfectionist. And. Uh, uh, she, I thought she was a beautiful woman. A talented woman. A uh, vivacious. Uh, joyful kind of person. And. Uh, But this guy she's living with could not appreciate her. And uh, he did things like this. And I know uh, this is true. This happened. He would come home from work. And this is what they're saying in counseling. uh, And he would come home. And since he was a clean freak. He would run his hand over the refrigerator. And if there was any lint or dust, he'd start lecturing her. You know, like you mothers with a bunch of children, you keep the lint off the fridge. You know, that, that's on your to-do list every day. And and he would do this, and, and he would do, and then he would just start chewing on her. This, that, she could never do enough to please him. And so they divorced. And. Um, one of the worst, most foolish decisions he ever made. See, it's hard to be married to perfection. And the law was perfect. So the law became a cruel husband. Just because I I just can't measure up. I just can't measure up. I can't measure up. So what, what has God done? Now listen to what he says. So my brothers... You also died to the law. In the illustration, the husband dies, but here he's saying we died through the body of Christ. So we're free from the first husband, as it were. That you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. I died to the law, I've been raised from the death I died and now the purpose for my life is bearing fruit for this new husband. For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies so that we bore fruit for death. But now by dying to what once bound us, we've been released from the law So that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. The law can neither justify you nor can it sanctify you. The Christian life is faith and Holy Spirit. Reliance on God. God didn't save you to keep a bunch of rules. He already found us guilty of breaking them all. Why would, he want, why would he want to save you and start measuring you now by all the rules? You're not under rules. So that means you can live any way you want. He's making the argument. No, no. <coughs> but the thing changing you is not a rule, but a relationship. You've been put into a new relationship. You went from law. You went from those demands. And you've moved over and you belong to Christ. And he uses a phrase here that I don't think we get. I don't think I got it for years. Watch this little phrase. Why did you join me to this other one? Notice verse 4, that we might bear fruit to God. So when you get married, you buy an apple tree. How do you bear fruit in marriage? Relationship. Relationship. Do you need family aid at this time? That Let's go back these times. No birth control. Large family was not a curse. It's a blessing. Still is if you can afford it. But the idea is when you were in intimate relationship with this husband, and you were an available bride, inevitably she says, "Honey, I'm pregnant." You say, "Well, how did that happen?" She said, "Well, it's a little late." You, you, what rule did you keep? What, what what rule? No, I'm saying almost paradise. I'm knocking at heaven's door. The last thing I thought of was paradise, and now I hear the baby crying. I made myself available to this risen Christ. And he says, through intimacy and available to me, I'm going to bear my fruit through you. And he's not talking about the vine and the branches here. He's talking about a marriage and having children in a marriage having fruit in a marriage, which was usually children. And they're not brought about by reading a rule book. They're brought about by being available to your heavenly bridegroom. That's why some of you aren't bearing any fruit. You're not in his arms. You've not made yourself available. You've become a, a bride that, oh, 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 I don't want you. You know, Carolyn and I are on this new regimen. I have not achieved it yet. But she read somewhere that you ought to have seven hugs a day as a couple. Ever since she said that, it's been a burden. (laughs) I'm up to three. I, I, I feel bad in the night feeling her hugging me when I'm trying to sleep. I'm over there. I wish. I'm sorry. I'm lying. But You know, I never thought, and pretty soon you start counting. It is amazing how little you hug in marriage. How how many of you hug your wife seven times a day? One, two, don't lie. I mean, just hug. Not trying to get them any other place, but you just hug. I mean, it all just happened, right? Does it? Thank you for that honesty there, Matt. It'd be like this. If we made a rule that I had to kiss my wife four times a day, would that increase kissing? I can't hear anybody. I would resent every kiss. I Can you imagine? Look at this. You come home. Hello, wife. The state, Gavin Newsom, perhaps in California, I have to kiss you four times a day got that baby over. I fulfill my obligation. And then she's saying, do you love me? Oh, what's that got to do with it? I got to keep the law. The law. The law. The law. You can't bear fruit to God under the law. Until you get rid of the rules and say, where is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, patience, self-control. Where is that? It's only born in relationship to this heavenly, heavenly husband. And the Spirit, he's always pushing me to Christ. Pushing me to Christ. Telling me, what's your excuse for not making yourself available? Would you like to bear fruit unto life? You bore enough fruit unto death. Why don't you start bearing something that's living? What do you have to show for all your years in sin? Come on, show me. Let's, let's get it up here. We'd have a pile of answers, a pile of broken relationships, a pile of regrets, a pile of pain. Why? Why were you more available to sin than you're willing to be to your God? come on some of you just you're saved and sound forgiven right, that's the cross we believe the gospel but are you bearing fruit right now are you bearing fruit it only comes when you make yourself available to this wonderful savior and you know I, I imagine if I was using the analogy the old husband was critical demanding uh didn't know how to treat you uh uh when the babies came and uh, the stretch marks from the burying that baby in the travail of birth. Oh, no, no. Oh, your figure isn't what it used to be. All that kind of stupid stuff. By which men say, uh, I've had men tell me if she doesn't lose weight, I don't know if our marriage can keep it up. Well, what does her weight have to do with your love? I'm mad. No, no. You mean, you, she weighed a hundred, you can't love her at Two hundred. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not married to that kind of a Christ. You're married to a Christ. I know everything you'll ever be or become. I love you forever. And you won't ever be lessened. You won't ever be lessened. What bothers me about that husband, we're supposed to emulate that kind of love to a wife. Don't make her feel bad that she bore the children for you and now maybe doesn't have the figure she had at 20. All oh, the sensuous, external, physical world that really forgets the true value of this person. And so God says, you're free in Christ. You're free to choose. You see, before Christ, you had lost your will, as it were. You were in bondage in the prison of your sin. Now he says, I'm going to give you a freedom of choice. I freed you that you can choose. Only Adam and Eve and my son were born on the earth with freedom of choice. You lost it in the fall. But I want to restore it to you in Christ. Now you get to choose. Because I don't want to force myself on my bride. I will not force myself. I would just simply come. If you'll get in my arms, as it were, we'll raise a family together will bear fruit together. It's not rules, it's relationship.
1: And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk, a relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.